Peter was at work, so um, I was alone when I thought, I'm going to take this damn test. Something's not right. And um, I I cried. I was actually quite devastated because um, I felt like um, I was having a little bit of a moment. I, I was really burnt out after a job that took me for granted and I oh, took a few months and then I found out I was pregnant and then I thought, well, I really wanted, I had this kind of desire even when I was at uni um, that I wanted to travel and I thought, yes. well, that's never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and um, for me, like I, we within the month of finding out, we we ran out of money because I wasn't working, so we moved in with the in-laws. So there was a big shift in like in like my life. Yeah, um, there, there was a lot of change going on. Yeah, yeah. So the idea of bringing a baby and not having a home and kind of yeah, it was a really strange time. Um, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but anyway, every everything's um, worked out. But yeah, that period of time, I just remember just there's a lot of doubt, a lot of panic. Yeah, and a lot of that. <laughs> understandable. <laughs> oh my gosh! And of course, the anxiety would have made that so much worse. The exhaustion mm. would have been so much worse for you. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. yeah. In the in the end, um, I think I, I had to go on medication. The anxiety was just I couldn't do it. So oh, understandable. Yeah. So it was a real um, roller coaster ride. But you know those things ebb away over time. You just kind of move on and think back. And I, sometimes I feel fortunate that I did have help around me. But at the same time, I'd lost my independence. Um, I felt like I was a child and and my child was her child. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think this this process of um, uh, hearing everyone's journey has really 
helped me. And it was, yeah, I think that, yeah, it's such a cool thing um, to be able to, um, I guess, build my own village now <laughs> with, with other mums. It's great. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, let me move to my next question. Um, what was your greatest fear while being pregnant? Um, oh, I, I do remember all through pregnancy, actually, looking up, and we're probably all the same, um, looking up video after video after video after video <laughs> of women giving birth mm. and going through different experiences and being like, oh, I can, I can, I can do that, I can do that, but then doubting it when you see another video where the woman is screaming her lungs out and you know that sort of thing no why did I watch this one Mm. oh I was I was fearful of the experience itself and mainly due to the fact that I've got a I had had a real problem with needles and sharp objects and not for pain reasons but because I had a bit of a phobia of it going into muscle and skin sure um which pregnancy, of course, you know, exposure therapy there, so mm. <laughs> worked out anyway. But um, because of that, I ended up going private um, to have the same person with me the entire time um, because of that fear. And because of that fear, I actually went on a very strict diet to avoid gestational diabetes because um, I, I was – okay but not the healthiest I could have been so I feared that as well so I feared all the complications in relation to that yeah um and I actually lost weight during pregnancy not in a bad way in the end it was actually fine it was just losing body weight but um I actually lost weight and uh I was able to avoid it which was great and then I had this great obstetrician who understood what was happening at the time and I'd worked on those fears quite a lot actually like I went did a lot of meditation and yoga and things like that. Uh, and and <laughs> funny thing is, I ended up having a C-section. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, sharp objects everywhere. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of went the, you know, in the direction you don't really want it to go. But and I know this is weird, but it was the it was such it was a good experience. You know, mm. it was. Weirdly, a good experience, a birth, a C-section birth. I don't know, because um, I actually originally went to this natural yoga course in Newcastle. They're very anti-intervention, and I couldn't actually talk to them afterwards because of the fact that I went and had a C-section, for good reason, but the fact that I went into that. But I'm so thankful that I did, even though I was so fearful of such things. So I'm so thankful I did. Yeah. Uh, I actually overcame that fear through that procedure and because of my obstetrician helping me through it, she could see what I was doing. Mm. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, the the anesthesiologist, if I'm saying that wrong, I'm sorry, but he was actually trying to talk to me to distract me and my obstetrician was like, no, 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 she's in in her mind, let let her do it. And I was just trying to breathe it out and and it worked and it was actually good, you know. Amazing. (laughs) So strange, right, like, you know. Because that could have gone the other way. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I'm glad, glad it was planned. This, like, because I've had friends who've had emergency C-sections and it's a totally different experience. Yeah. So um, I'm glad it was 
something that we planned for in the end. Some Meredith was actually uh, feet down. Mm. Um, and then, <laughs> well, she she turned a bunch of times. Oh, wow. <laughs> she was moving constantly. I thought I was in labor one night. So we went to the hospital and they checked and she had completely moved. She was actually head down, ready to go, and she just decided to switch. Holy moly. I couldn't believe it. Oh, yeah, it was bloody painful. The little yeah. Poo. Like, just saying, like, that, that's yeah. my little insult for her. Just... <laughs> I'm calling my daughter a cow but she doesn't know it. <laughs> In the most endearing way. <laughs> but how could you do this? <laughs> yeah. enough to the memory of it that you recognize that I maybe maybe if I interviewed you maybe 10 down, 10 years down the track you, you might have a different answer but I yeah. totally I totally get that um through that process and now you've brought it up I do remember going into the library and borrowing dvd after dvd of you know those sorts of like how does the birth happen and some of them are really like medical and then some of them are like you know yeah and that happened and oh. yeah. <laughs> how to make labor easier yeah <laughs> pretty much exactly right how to relax your pelvic floor yeah <laughs> Oh, the, the amount of research is just the freak out. Oh, no, I've got to do this. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so far, what has been the hardest period of motherhood for you and how have you dealt with it? Ah, um, so this is where it gets challenging for that one, I suppose. Uh, so the hardest period probably went from probably about not long after she was born to about a year old. Mm -hmm. So it was a good year. Uh, so she, when she was born, it, she had this, I didn't understand it at the time and that was what contributed to what happened, but she had this blue sort of haze and apparently it's normal, I don't know blue haze that went under her eyes and down and around her mouth, not on her mouth. So they're like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but on the like second night, I think it was maybe, maybe the third, I can't remember which one it was now, but, um, yeah, I had her in the hospital. Like I was there for like four days, but I had her across my arm waiting to breastfeed her because mm -hmm. she was coming up to that. And they were very, 
very timely in the hospital, like, you have to feed at this time. And no, 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 they're very regimented. Um, so I had her ready to go. She was still asleep and I rested my head back and nodded off for a second. Came to and she was still in the same position, but she looked dead. Mm. She looked absolutely dead. Um, so I freaked out. I tried to actually wake her up first, but um, I remember shaking her quite rigorously, like like this, like shaking, and she was like wobbling about, not waking up. So pale. Oh my gosh, so pale. Um, and I had to tell my husband to hit the emergency button. Now he didn't know what was going on. So he just woke up, and he was we were both sleep deprived, mm. like sleep deprived. Um, and of course, as soon as the midwives walked in. She woke up. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was because as soon as that happened, they took her away for monitoring. But then she talked to me like I did something wrong. She was, it's almost like she was investigating me. She was hitting me with 20 questions. Why was she, why was she on you? Why did you want to feed her at that time? Blah, blah, blah. Like all these questions. And mm. I was so sleep deprived that I, I couldn't answer him. And so I was devastated. I was just like in such a state that I couldn't answer these questions. And I just I just said, I don't know and broke down. I, couldn't, I wasn't handling it. But the next morning was even worse because she came in with the other midwife because they switched over every 12 hours or something. Mm-hmm. And this, she was a beautiful woman, this other woman. And she looked directly at her and said, this mother had a scare last night. She held her baby too close. And I just looked at her and said, that's not what happened. And I, I tried to explain myself to this, this new midwife and she looked she looked very pitying. Because <laughs> I, was, I was in tears, like constantly at this point. And I was also having trouble breastfeeding as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that they were... <laughs> we all know what it's like. They're, they're so large, right? <laughs> like, yes. Oh, my gosh. I could not put a, a loose-fitting top on. Uh, mm. I, I had to put a scarf over myself to actually leave the hospital. And I was bleeding. and I, So I had all these things happening and then this midwife telling me that I basically almost killed my child. Mm. Um, so I decided – so this this beautiful midwife actually – I said to her, look, I need to try and bottle feed my child. Because, like, Meredith had lost 10% of her body weight by this point as well. Mm. Um, so I did. And Meredith actually hugged me for the first time. She had her arm because I always, you know, burped on the shoulder. And she actually put her arm around my neck and sort of hugged in. And <laughs> I was, like, crying. The midwife was so lovely and she was crying. And, and then because of everything that was happening, you could tell she could – she was just, she was trying to be there for me so beautifully. So even though I had this bad experience with this one midwife, I had this other midwife that was just so beautiful on the other hand. Um, but it was, it, it pushed me into this absolute depression. I was afraid to be alone with her at night. Mm. So my husband did a lot. Um, I was actually afraid that I was going to hurt her after what I'd experienced with that midwife I was (laughs) so afraid that I was going to hurt her I actually had um and my psychologist 
actually said to me quite clearly. So I didn't get help till about nine months in um, to this. But, That's a um, long time. Yeah. Well, I just I thought I was being overdramatic. I thought this is just being a mother. It's supposed to be hard, you know. Mm. It's, I'm I'm just being overdramatic. I'm being a princess, you know that sort of thing. Did you share it with anyone else you knew, other than your husband? Not. um, Well, Steve, Steve, of course, knew, but um, I shared it once with a friend. um, Something specific I was experiencing, and um, she just said maybe look into that. Mm. Um, And that was at about six months that I started to actually think about the fact that it wasn't normal. It is more normal than what I thought. I I didn't realise it was that normal, but my psychologist basically said my brain was tricking me because I had these very, very visual um, sort of... And and we all have bad thoughts about children. We get stressed, we're on the edge, and we're like, you know, (laughs) we all have those thoughts. Oh, yeah. Um, But I, I remember having this absolutely horrible visual in my mind and it was so clear, so real... Um, because I'd actually carved a chicken and pulled out that really sharp bone and I had this and <laughs> it's a little bit yeah I still get embarrassed about it that it actually happened but, um, it, I actually visualized poking that into her eyes mm. and yeah and stabbing her with implements from my kitchen and all these horrible visions, and I had quite a lot of them for a while. Mm. And then I'd wake up in the middle of the night and think I actually did it. So I had, yeah, so there was moments where I'm like, Steve, you need to go check on her right now because I think I've done something to her. Please go do that. So um, there was a couple of things that actually sort of helped me um, because I was so paranoid that she was, that I was either hurting her or I was, not seeing something that may be wrong with her, like maybe she was sick and all these things. Um, I, I felt like I was doing damage in some way at, at all times. Mm. Um, so getting help and seeing my psychologist really helped me get out of that. Um, but also going to a, and this is very strange, but going to a sleep study. Mm-hmm. You, you wouldn't think, right, but I took her to a sleep study because I noticed the purple appear again a couple of times in naps. So I took her in and um, she actually, in the sleep study, her oxygenation levels did drop to about 7% two yeah. or three times in a night. And apparently this can happen with some healthy babies. It usually happens very young, like very, very young, like after birth. Um, but usually you see it dissipate very quickly over time because their brain just wakes them up. So apparently that's what SIDS happen. The brain doesn't wake them up from that. Mm. Um and I realised that in that moment in the hospital, I didn't do that. You know, I didn't do it. It wasn't me that harmed her. She was in that moment where her brain just hadn't yet woken her up. Mm-hmm. You know, it hadn't sparked and, you know, shaking her may have actually helped her with that. I'm not sure. But I think that experience plus actually seeking help helped me out of that really difficult period because I, I resented Meredith mm. for almost the first year of her life. Yeah. And it was, yeah, so. Um, <laughs> but then you have that spark where you realise you actually love your child and it's amazing. So <laughs> and yes. that happened not long before her first birthday. And I actually messaged Emma, I don't know, but I messaged her because we're still good friends and she's got a child now. 
Um, and I messaged her, I'm like, now I know what you mean when you were so smitten and in love with your child when you were born. I know what you mean. Yes. <laughs> and that's one of those myths. That's one of those myths that, that's yeah out there. And my GP even said it, that, that when, she, when she's born, there'll be that... Yeah, instinct that I'm like oh my gosh it's like, Bing, I just love you no yeah, it just doesn't happen for most like it just doesn't happen um yeah it it took so long and then all of a sudden I was hearing people when I was finally sharing these things you know I was hearing people say oh my gosh it took me ages to bond with my child and that you know all these things and I'm like okay so that that feels better you know I'm not this horrible person horrible mother you know even the the um the visuals i was getting those oh, what did what she call intrusive thoughts the intrusive thoughts i was getting i couldn't believe how common they were mm. but people don't talk about them because it's shameful yes. like you feel so i felt so ashamed that i thought that way i must be such a bad mother for even thinking these things yeah and getting to the stage where i actually believed i actually did it because you know, I thought I'm sitting there trying to rack my brain going, did I do this? Have I lost time? You know, those sorts of things. And you're sleep deprived at the same time, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the little buggers don't want to sleep. <laughs> it's a very effective torture <laughs> technique. Oh, isn't it great? Mm. Oh, yeah. Have <laughs> children, they said it. It'd be fun, they said. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. No, no, it, it, you're so right, though. It's doesn't happen like that for everyone for emma thank god for her she she had that moment mm. pretty much immediately which was so good for her yeah um but yeah it was so nice that i could finally relate to that mm. yes. so, yeah that was probably the hardest the hardest and i'm hoping the next one it doesn't happen again because now i feel like i'm more prepared mm. for those sorts of things sure but you do realise that each child is different. <laughs> yes, there is that. Like, I, I, I said to Steve, I was like, look, it, it may take me a while to bond with the next one too, but that's right. I know it is somehow. Yeah. You've got tools in your tool belt now at least to, yeah, rely on. Exactly, exactly right. But, um, but, yeah, this is why I sort of wanted to do this because of the fact that, there's not a lot of women sharing those things. So that you've got this sort of stereotype, this box that you fit a mother into and what they are and what they do and how it feels. And it's just, for many people, it's just not the case. Mm. And you don't realise that till you've actually experienced something different. Yeah. So I have this idea that oh, it's going to be fine. <laughs> It'll just happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had an interesting experience. Um, I have... I created an artwork um, and it was called Mother's Guilt and it was a portrait of me and my daughter um, and and I was really comfortable sitting in my lap and I'm kind of looking out in space like, oh. and um, <laughs> it's all looking really trippy. And, um, <laughs> and when it went out in the public, the response that I got was confusion and denial. Um, people would come up to me and say, why is it, I don't understand why it's called mother's guilt. You shouldn't feel that way. But we do feel that way. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think they just proved my point that. Exactly. Um, exactly. 
um, you're just exacerbating the guilt that I shouldn't feel guilty. <laughs> like the, the fact is it's there. We, we, we love our children so much, whether we know it or not, and we want to do the best thing we can do at every moment of the day for those kids. Like it's, And at every moment, there's, there's the possibility of guilt forming. Mm. And for many of us, it's, it's there. Yeah. It, it's there. Yeah. You know, and I think people need to recognize that as you did in that artwork. Like you basically recognized it went, bam, here it is. Yeah. You know? And the intention was to, um, I guess, make people reassess what motherhood is and what, <laughs> <laughs> what it really yeah. is about. Um, and it's not always this happy, lovely, you know, sunny kind of, no. I, I'm in love and everything's great. Um, exactly. There's no roses and fairies and flowers and all these sorts of things. Yeah. It is uncomfortable oh, to admit really that. Work. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, in, in that first year, I, I would have been like, no, no, I'm just a mental case. You know, don't worry about me. I'm just the odd one out. But the fact is we're, we're all... We're all frustrated. We're all struggling with something. Mm. We're all we're all in there somewhere. You yeah. Know? But in that, shouldn't that the the deniers? I think it comes from a place of you should feel grateful that you're a mum at all, or oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a miracle. You have a beautiful child. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's oh my gosh, especially when it takes so long too, and you're mm. sitting there going, "Oh, I should just be grateful." Or my mother turns around and says, "You should just be happy." Yeah, I I hate the word "should." It, <laughs> I really hate it. Put a water. Okay? Yeah. Scrap that. Scrap that. Yeah, it's like the worst word you could use for a mum. Um. What is your favourite thing about having a little kid? <laughs> oh, the, uh, this sounds really weird, actually. Um, okay, so there's the cuddles, right? Mm. It's like little arms and little hands actually cuddling you. But then there's the times you're like, cuddles? And then she turns to me and she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm just thinking, like, it's like, I'm so rejected, but you're so adorable. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> cute. Just like those interactions, I think, just the affection. And when the affection isn't there, but in such a way that it's it's their personality coming through, you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, she's starting to show her personality and she's not an overly affectionate child. She, she'll give me cuddles and kisses when she wants to and freely doing so. But, you know... Not all the time. She's mm. not that kid that would always do it. No. Um, and just, just the cute little, no. <laughs> gets me every time. No. I, just, I love the feeling of hearing her voice in, in such a way and just the, yeah, the, the feeling of the cuddle when she actually gives it so freely, knowing that she's not always wanting to be so affectionate. It just feels more special, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, that's so. lovely. <laughs> <laughs> back if you could do anything differently in motherhood what would you do oh 
not to rehash, but I'd probably seek help sooner. Because mm. I, I, when she, um, when I finally sort of realised that I, I was sort of gaining that bond with her again, like that, that was actually happening, um, I felt like it was time wasted, if that makes sense. Um, like I had all this time with this child that, you know, especially being a special educator, you know how the brain develops and you know those golden moments are there and, and they're, they're like a sponge and they're pulling everything in at a constant rate, especially in the first two months. So I'm, I'm sitting there going, oh, my gosh, what have I done? Mm. Um, so I kind of wish I got help much, much sooner when I realised this isn't just the baby blues, there's more going on here, you know, um, and, and sort of pushed aside that idea that this is, you know, I've just got to deal with it. I'm a princess. I've just got to deal with it. Mm. Um, I'm being overdramatic. I just, I should have pushed that aside and gone to see someone sooner because I would have been there as a, as what I felt like a good mother, I suppose, um, would have been a lot sooner. Um, cause when, when that happened, when I finally realized that I, I did love her so much and, I really treasured her that much. When I finally realised that the time I had with her changed significantly, like it, the, the whole—it's <laughs> so true how your your baby reflects your own emotions. Like they, yeah. they literally pull your emotions in, right? Like, yeah. Oh my god! Like the entire dynamic changed. Yep. Hugely. Um, you know, I wanted to do things with her every day. I wasn't afraid to take her out anymore and, and go for walks and, and do all these things. I, I, I wanted to actually bake with her. I, I started mm. cooking with her and, and doing things with her. And I just wish I did that earlier. So mm. we wish I could have done that earlier because um, in the way my mindset was at, it, it, it was a struggle to do any of that with any kind of willingness um, so I, yeah, I wish I got help earlier. Mm. Um, what are you most proud of in your journey so far? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I know we don't it's think of these things. Question. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, good. It's, it's interesting because there are things that I'm, I'm saying that I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> you just don't realize I'm most proud of. You know what? I'm most proud of that first. Same. Yeah. That would be my answer too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Come on. I was shit scared of that. Yeah. And you (laughs) did it. I really loved it. Like, as much as I could have anyway. And even the obstetrician says she's so surprised because there are mothers that had a similar fear. And she found it so much harder to keep them calm, whereas I, I just sort of, you know, I was able to focus myself down mm. and really breathe, and that was my biggest thing, breathing, because um, mm. my adrenaline was rushing so much mm. that I was shaking even before they put anything in my arm or did anything. So I had to keep my body still for long enough for them to do anything. Um, and it was to the point where after the birth, the, the whatever they did, the spinal tap thing, um, wore off within about 20 minutes. So the adrenaline was pumping so much, but I was able to stifle it so well that we got through it so quick. Right, wow. So it was 
so yeah, I feel like I rocked that. So mm. yeah, you know, I'm I'm quite proud of myself from actually getting through that as strong as I feel I did. Yeah, so, too right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you feel the same way. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, um, I just I now compare any experience of that's hard or painful to birth, and I think I can do anything. <laughs> So well, I can give birth. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was exactly the same. I went for a blood test. It was one of those really long ones where they like constantly putting mm-hmm. stuff on. Like, I went through childbirth, whatever. Yeah, it it's, it really helps. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Wonder Woman now. Yeah, um, superheroes. Oh, my next one is um, if you could define motherhood in your own words. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, so you could be so wishy-washy with this answer. Mm. I don't know. Um, yeah. Motherhood is... And I know this is simple, but it's hard. It's it's not it's it's hard work, and there's so much love in it, and I think that's what makes it hard work. Um, so I think that's I suppose that would that's what defines motherhood, isn't it? It's that love, you know. It's because if there wasn't any love there, then it it wouldn't be this hard job that you're trying to do day after day, mm-hmm. doing the best thing you could do minute after minute. It, it wouldn't be such a struggle if you didn't care as much. You know, you sort of just let it free flow. But the fact is we're just we're trying to be everything all at once for them. At all times, it's – we love, so it's hard. I suppose. It's, even though I was in that, you know, such a – period of time where I thought I was going to harm my child one thing I didn't realize until after the fact I was like wait I wouldn't have been fearful of harming my child if I didn't love them Mm. and I didn't realize that until much longer into the into that and that's probably why I was able to you know uh, have that bond with her because I realized I actually did love her um you know it sort of overtook the resentment that I had yes so um yeah yeah so it's (laughs) I know that sounds very simple, but I just, yeah, I just, yeah, we love them so much, but it makes it bloody hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. (laughs) Um, What has been the biggest surprise so far about motherhood to you? I suppose that um, I'm actually thinking as soon as you said that, I thought of breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. So I ended up bottle feeding in the end. And I think because as we said, like it's it's like you're put into a box, right? As a mother, you, you, you know, there's this idea that a, a mother is this and that, that's all they are and that's what they do. And, um, and part of that was breastfeeding for me. 
you know, so I thought, oh, you know, it'll be fine, you know, I'll just breastfeed and everything will be fine. But then, as I said before, it was it was tough going and mm. I couldn't even sleep at night. I would lay down and I, could, I couldn't breathe with the weight. Yeah. Because I'm an asthmatic, so it just, it sort of caused problems for that. Um, so in the end, I did decide to bottle feed and I was so surprised at the fact that I was so willing to bottle feed. You know, that was just like, nah, get rid of this. This is this is crap. This is stupid. I, I couldn't. The fact that I was so uncomfortable was just making things worse. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I decided to do that and I just thought it was going to be easier. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yes. It was one of the hardest things in the world. And I take my hat off to anyone that pushes through that. Yeah. yeah I, like, um, I know uh, Monique, she actually decided to formula feed. Um, and she she's an amazing mother and she's got an amazing kid. And so I felt more confident knowing that somebody else decided to. And then Emma decided to breastfeed, but she went through such challenges but she got there and I was so proud of her. Mm. But myself personally, like next child, I'm just going to be like, give me a bottle. Just give me a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, but I, never, I didn't think that it would be that hard. I didn't think it would be. It was just such a shock. For sure. You know, physically as well as emotionally, you know. So yeah, that was a big surprise. Um, and then the idea that, you know, because you're this breastfeeding mother or whatever you want to call it you know that the mother that has the child on the arm at all times because you know you're the source of their nutrition that the fathers go out with the child my husband goes out with Meredith and gets all this praise Mm. like I I couldn't believe it he was seen as this hero and you know it's like oh where's mum you know this sort of thing or or if you you go out on your own (laughs) Oh, what's the baby? Oh, I don't know. I just sort of left them in the cot with a can of baked beans and a can opener. You know, like, they'll be fine. <laughs> no, they're with their dad. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they... No, they don't. They don't need me. I'm not breastfeeding, okay? It's not... And, and even if I were, who gives a crap? I can mm. go out on my own. You know, I it's can... It's amazing. You give them praise. Come on. <laughs> I mean, in this day and age, you know, like, I went back to work just three months after she was born and um yeah and when I was at work and people who knew that I had a baby it was like well where's Isla who's looking after Isla I'm like well the person who also made her <laughs> not the only one here <laughs> I got another to explain myself to someone who, whose business is nothing about them like oh no I can't believe uh, it I just think yeah oh. it's the real I think there's actually a name for it. I can't remember what it was, but there's a real one-sidedness. I suppose this was also a bit of a shocker, but it was linked to that breastfeeding thing. So I think people were talking about the fact that you know you're you're the person the child clings to because you're you're that person. You you've got the breasts. You yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if it's come from that, but I've like that's the conversation tended to turn that way. But that was a shocker too. I'd say like it was just. It was a shock to be seeing my husband with everyone going, oh, look at you, look, look, look at you, you're so sweet, what a good husband, you're taking a child out to the shops. 
months after she was born that I I like started imagining this chain connecting me to her because it, it just felt like that like we were chained together because of breastfeeding and I saw the chain as a negative um like it was this burden it's yeah, hard to yeah. admit that <laughs> no no it's I can totally understand I didn't breastfeed for long but the fact is I, I hated it when I did so I can understand if somebody's got any sort of negative feelings towards breastfeeding. Yeah. It is, it sucks. Like, yeah, yeah. I went nine know? months and I made it like a conscious effort to stop because, because she was growing teeth. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I didn't oh, know what no, teeth no, involved no. in this area. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. I got a friend that did the same thing and I was like, yeah, I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. No go zone. <laughs> um, what are the things you miss about life before kids? Oh, being able to go on a date. <laughs> just because I don't have grandparents around that can just be like, oh, we'll take care of your child. Mm. Oh my gosh. Just being able to go to the cinemas for a date or a restaurant. Or even just booking travel yeah. just for the hell of it. I, I can't, like, we actually went on a holiday when we're having fertility issues to um, Hamilton Island mm-hmm. and we went to Beach Club. And when I had Meredith, there was a moment where I was like, I'm never going to be able to go there again because it's adults only. Yes. <laughs> so, I was so time but you know it's not a life sentence the time will roll back around at some point but it's a very long way away yeah yeah hopefully we get to a point of retirement we're like let's go back yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) yeah finally (laughs) yeah well 25 years is a life sentence so um yeah yeah it's just being able to do things on your own terms. I think that's, yeah. that's it. You know, being able to go, yeah, let's go on a date right now. Yeah, let's go to the pool and have a swim and not have to worry about bobbing a child up and down and if they've got to have a nap and if they've got to do this. Oh, even just going to the toilet on your own, like oh, just doing things on your own terms. <laughs> yes. Those are the days. <laughs> um, how do you measure your success as a parent? disturbances mm-hmm. so you know I get kids that come in and these kids are high school kids so they're thinking um that have been neglected or abused in some way or they've gone through some kind of complex trauma um or there's just 
all these different things that have caused them to break down over mm-hmm. time, basically. And, and I'm there to try and pick them back up again and be able to give them some kind of quality of life when they leave school. So when I'm going from that to my home, I can see a difference. Like there's a huge difference in the in the temperament, in the personality, in the, the way a child portrays themselves. There is so much difference just to see that happiness there. Mm. You know, if it's there, even when they're upset, it comes through because they seek out the person they trust, whether it's biological or not. They'll seek out connection. Yep. Whereas the kids at school, they they don't trust that connection. Mm. So I rate my success now, and I wouldn't have said this in the first year, but I rate it now just by... Her daily responses, her her smile, you know, her happiness, her, her response to my husband and I, you know, the, the yeah. fact that he comes home and she reaches out to him and gives a little squeal and all the nice things and <laughs> yes, you know the the fact that she feels safe to say no to me, that no, yeah. <laughs> the, the fact that she knows that you know I will respect her and she can come to me and kiss me or hug me whenever she wants and. The, the fact that she can play with the toys safely and not have to feel like something's going to happen. Like, yeah. it's just, yeah, her happiness is what, yeah. And I feel like, at least now, I'm doing a good job. I'm doing the best I can. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure where that will take her later in the future. You know, she could be anything and everything, but... <laughs> We've got no idea, right? Like, oh my no. gosh, we've got no idea. Yeah, but I try not to think about that because that's terrifying. No, <laughs> people, it's bloody scary. People are starting to war, like, warn me about the age 14. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, don't go there yet, please. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, I just got to get through year four. Yeah, uh, one, one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just that day by day. Are they are they a happy child even when they're sad? Mm. You know that sort of thing. That's yeah, I suppose. My last question um, is, what did my what did your parents teach you about parenting? So if you no. could go back a little bit and maybe talk about them and and how they've kind of <laughs> informed you or not. <laughs>
there were some things that I saw there that I was like, okay, I need to be able to teach my child this. Like mm-hmm. even just as simple as understanding how to use money. Like it's just simple like life lessons, right? You know, yeah. and the fact is my brother is <laughs> terrible with money. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> my dad never knew when to say no. Because when you got divorced parents, someone wants to suck up to the child, don't they? Yes. So, <laughs> but there's just even just arguments. For example, arguments like you would think you'd never never argue in front of your child, and I've heard that a lot from people. Don't argue in front of your child. I was like, but it's going to happen. Yeah. My parents argued in front of me. They weren't violent. They weren't, you know, terrible arguments. You, you just saw them. You just saw it happening. But what I didn't see, and this is what I wished I did see, and this is what we do for Meredith, I didn't see them resolve it mm. ever. You know, so I said to Steve, if we argue in front of her, that's okay. As long as we resolve it in front of her and show her the choices we've made, you know, and how we speak to each other and how that changes over the course of that communication. And so they have, I have learned a lot from them, both good and bad. This, you know, that's. I'm gonna have to thank my parents for that, actually. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, listen, there you go. It's so, coming round, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It just it does the cycle. Mm-hmm. They did tell me I'd thank them at one point. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'll probably say this a few things to our children. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank. Yeah, yeah. I remember that phrase myself, yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I'm all out of questions. Thank you so much for answering them. 